listening to Our Stories, the Australian Army on Operations podcast. This is Task Group Taji Rotation 4, a combined force of Australian and New Zealand military personnel here in Iraq on a training mission. We're here at the request of the Iraqi government as part of Operation Okra, led by Joint Task Force 633. Operation Okra is Australia's contribution in the Middle East region to international coalition efforts against Daesh and their campaign of terrorism. Now this week, we're joined by Lance Corporal Dylan Hart, who's a member of the task group. So tell us a bit about what we're doing here today. So we're currently located here on TMC, Taj Military Complex, at the Non-Commissioned Officer Academy. The Iraqi Army has asked us to be here today to bolster their display they've got going on, which a few dignitaries are going to come to, uh, being a few two-star generals from the Iraqi Army. Us being here today has bolstered them in their medical stand. We've got a dummy there which has moulage or fake wounds on it and also a combat first aiders pack which helps the soldier on the battlefield treat uh, trauma like uh, gunshot wounds and stuff like that if need be. There's also an IED stand there, improvised explosive device stand, which shows just components and a makeup of what things can be used, build IEDs and also tactics, techniques and procedures which is currently being used by Daesh in the fight today. So we're here essentially to support an open day that the Iraqi security forces are running. But behind us here, we can also hear some firing. There's still training going on today as well, isn't there? Yeah, very much so. It's a military complex. There's training going on all around us. You can hear the gunshots in the background. There's a range approximately about 400 metres uh, to the east from us. And we're part of that training. That's where Task Group Taji 4 is also involved. Yeah, they're actually currently doing uh, marksmanship training with the Iraqi army there. Just getting their basic soldier skills through shooting and weapons are handling up to where it can be. And tell us a bit about your role. What do you do for Task Group Taji 4? So I'm employed as a force protection team leader. I've got six guys under me, being six privates, all good dudes, uh, all my closest mates, which is very good. I use them essentially to employ the protect side of the mission. We are training and building capacity on warlike operations, so there is a need for us to be here. I use uh, each one of those guys as a tool to get the job done in order to provide that protection to the Australian Army and Coalition Forces to help bolster the capability of the ISF. You talk about the importance of force protection, so what do you actually do on a daily basis? What does your work involve? So uh, usually a couple of weeks out, uh, my officer commanding will come down and he'll tell us what we want to train the Iraqis in or where they need to be trained in. Uh, from there, I need to do a risk analysis of each training area, each lesson that's going to be done, and I need to be able to position my guys to mitigate risks so I can provide a safe, protected workplace for our trainers. And there's six of you here today? Yeah, six of us. There's five on task, uh, not including myself. I've actually detached my combat first data being my 2IC. He's actually there providing help to the CFA stand that's inside. So you're kind of double-hatted today. You're here to provide force protection, but you're also helping the Iraqi security forces with their display here. Yes, very much so. Uh, it's one of our lines of effort for task group. Everyone trains and everyone protects, so you need to be ready for anything. In terms then of your interactions with the Iraqi security forces, I've noticed in particular that you're working very hard on your Arabic. Yeah, very much so. Um, English is my first language, of course. Uh, Arabic, I'm trying to sort of make my second language. Why is it important that you have that engagement with the local Iraqis in their own language? 
It's important on many levels, one being a professional sense. It helps me talk, uh, just the lingo of what they're doing and understand what they're saying around me and also the general conversation they want to have with me. Uh, it also builds that rapport between myself and the Iraqi army. Um, it's, it gives us a more deeper level of why we're here and it's just not like somebody's in their country doing something. It's um, a personal thing, helping them to retake their country from Daesh. You said you want to make this your second language, but I'm assuming that a matter of weeks ago you didn't speak any Arabic at all. No, I didn't know, uh, didn't know much in the slightest, actually. Um, the most Arabic training I had was in our mission rehearsal exercise before we got over here. We actually had about a four-day crash course in Arabic. That was through everyone. I try to pick about five Arabic words a day and try to incorporate them in conversation every day with the local ISF. Uh, I've got a few members back in the task group who are uh, very good linguists, I guess you say, in Arabic. I try to speak to them Arabic just in general conversation. I'll rock up in the morning and say, Sabah al-Hair, which is good morning in Arabic, and they'll reply, Sabah al-Nu, and it lets me know that I've actually said it right. And do you feel you're making progress? It sounds like you're doing very well if you're managing to learn five words every day. Yeah, it's, um, I thought it would be a bit harder than it actually is. Uh, five words is no uh, mean stretch, but it's, it's very good. And what kinds of reactions are you getting from the Iraqis given the efforts you're making to communicate with them? It's very positive, actually. I noticed when I, the first couple of days I rocked up, I didn't really speak much Arabic to them. They sort of just float around you. But now they actually know that I can speak a little bit Arabic. A lot of them seem to gravitate towards you and actually engage with you on a very um, professional level, so it's very good. Tell us a bit more about your background, because obviously Arabic is something new that you're trying to learn. What about previous training that you've had as part of your job? Yeah, so I first joined up in 2009, August 18, the day I'll never forget. From there, went to 5RAR, which is currently located in Darwin, and that was on the 30th of April. Since being in 5RAR, I've done a lot of things and been a lot of places, which has been a great experience. Some good, some bad, but it all makes a big picture. I've been deployed to New Zealand, Singapore, Brunei, Thailand, and Malaysia as well. The 5 RER, 5th Battalion, Royal Australian Regiment. What about when you first joined up then? You say that that was a day you never forget. Why is that? Um, it was very much a turning point in my life. I first wanted to join the Army when I was about six years old. My dad took me to a local park in Swan Hill. It was a big Army exhibition there and I got to see a lot of cool things, I thought, at that age. And my old man got to fire a, uh, a stire, which is our service weapon, uh, on the side of the uh, riverbank there. They were all blanks. I didn't know that at the time when I was six years old. I know that now, so it's probably not as cool. But ever since then, I've always wanted to join the Army. And when you did join up, what happened in those first few weeks and months? <laughs> so first couple of weeks actually was a bit, probably a bit of a shock. It was very much a cultural change. So joined up and then um, gave my oath, enlisted on the 18th and then straight on the bus, straight to Kapuka. First thing that pretty much happens is you get yelled at, stand in line and then go get your head shaved. <laughs> you mentioned since then that obviously you've had lots of deployments. So how do you think the Army's helped you to develop professionally and indeed prepare you for this deployment? Uh, the Army trains you in a lot of aspects. Uh, it's changed me a lot for the better. I was probably a bit of a ragtag child when, before I joined. Worked at Macca's and caused a bit of a stir. But um, no, nah, it's changed me for the better and it'll change anyone for the better. It makes you build confidence, talking not only in front of a group of people you don't know, but also meeting new people. Makes you uh, adapt and overcome to anything that comes around and also builds resilience as well. When you were growing up in Swan Hill, did you ever imagine you'd end up in Iraq and indeed speaking Arabic? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I've always wanted to deploy. It's what every soldier wants to do when they're in the army. So it's uh, very much a dream come true for me. 
And what kinds of training specifically have you received for this deployment? You mentioned about the mission rehearsal exercise, the fact there was some language and cross-cultural training. What other preparations did you make before getting here? Um, yeah, so during the mission exercises encompasses everything we're going to face on this deployment. It goes for a couple of months with an assessment of a couple of days. And that has Arabic training, it also provides um, techniques, tactics, procedures that we need to employ on here and also for the trainers to get their head over lesson plans and how they're going to deliver certain lessons to people who don't necessarily know how to speak our language and don't use the same weapons as us. So we need to get ahead in everything they do. And now that you're here, has the deployment panned out as you expected? Uh, yes, very much so. It's going um, a lot smoother than I expected in regards to uh, the training and that. The trainers have done very well to immerse themselves and get their head on how the Iraqis speak and how they intake a training. They're very much a physical group. They don't really like seeing in the classroom like most of us. They like getting their hands on like every Australian does. And we're seeing that very much today with the Open Day, aren't we, with the weapons that are here and the fact that there is a lot of interaction going on. Yeah, they're very much a... Uh, a social society. They like to get things done in groups and see everyone and then meet face to face and actually get their hands on the tools. You mentioned that you were from Swan Hill, so are you missing home? Um, yeah, I am. It's a small country town, 40,000 people. Mainly missing my uh, my mother's cooking. She's quite a well-known chef there. She just opened up her own cafe called Booze Place Cafe in Provador, so I'm pretty looking forward to going back there and getting a homemade feed. So have you inherited any of her culinary skills and uh, do you get to use them in the army at all? I wouldn't say I'm the bestest of chefs, but I have, uh, I have used her skills to sort of liven up the ration packs that we've got here. There's uh, a thing called beef and gravy. It's not exactly the best beef and gravy you'll ever have, but you can spice it up by putting some cream crackers and some tomato sauce in there and it sort of resembles a 4 and 20 pie. You've still got a few months to go before you return home. Do you feel the work you're doing here is making a difference? Very much so. Um, not only the work we're doing here now, but also the previous rotations. From all the way from Task Group Taji 1 till now, ever since then we've actually came here to help the Iraqis. We've actually helped them get back half the land that Daesh actually previously controlled. If we can make the Iraqis who come see us now better when they leave us, then we've done our job by far. Lance Corporal Dylan Hart, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Maskeldare reporting from Task Group Taji, Rotation 4. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.